Alright guys, welcome to Four Guys in a Comic. It's your boy, Mike. Um, we got Michael and Alex with us here this week. And how are you guys doing? Oh, doing we're okay. doing good. We're just missing Matthew. Matthew, where are you? Yeah, he's MIA oh. on a road trip that's taken him twice as long as he thought it would. Yeah. Kids gotta pee, I guess. I gotta um, pee. I'm hungry. Are we there yet? I'm thirsty. Yeah. He's touching me. Oh, I'm gonna stay single forever. No children for me. It's not up to you, buddy. Yep. <laughs> I'll warn you that now. A lot of stuff. Well, it depends. I you can go to the doctor for certain something. Um, but anyway, she was like, my biological clock is ticking. I need it now. All right, kind of a slow week in, in, in pop culture in general, I guess. I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was a pretty slow week. Usually there's something controversial. Oh, I have controversy. <laughs> there's a lot of controversy. I'm offended by something this week. So guys. am I, and it might be the same thing that I've got to talk about. All right, what's up? You, you started off. Let okay. us know, Michael. Hold on, let me get my soapbox out. Okay, okay, there it is. Let me get on top of this. 20 minutes later. (laughs) Okay, you guys know, as everybody listens to the podcast knows, I am a huge Image Comics fan. I support Image. I read Image. It's 90% of my pull box. I preach about Image all the time. Even when Image kind of screws up where they start getting out, you know, into the gray areas. You know, when they, when Image started, brought on uh, sex criminals, I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is good. Is this really appropriate for a comic? Maybe, maybe not. But I actually enjoyed it. And at least, you know, they have uh, covers that are polybagged. You know, they're, they're alternate covers. Right. And then, you know, Scotty Young came out with I Hate Fairyland. Great. I love it. It's in my pull box. Just like Sex Criminals. I love them both. And then, you know, you have the alternate cover, you know, F Fairyland. And I think to myself, you know, it's funny, but should that really be on a comic? You know, because I go to the comic book store and I will see that F Fairyland on the shelf where kids can read that. You know, I mean, but yet, I don't know why. I'll go into one LCS. They'll have it on the shelf right next to Aloha Hawaiian Dick. And they'll put a big sticker over the word Dick. Real, not real. But yet, I hate, I. but F Fairyland will not have a sticker on it. So, anyways, that's beside the point. Well, as we know, Savage Dragon issue 225 just came out recently. Uh, yep. Yes. A hundred page spectacular by Eric Larson with for $10. I, to me, that's a great price for a hundred pages. What in the hell was he thinking letting this variant cover come out? And if do you guys know what I'm I know, Mike, I see you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. Alex, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one you're Basically talking about. Basically the hentai one, right? I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, that is a triple X, you know, porn shop cover of an orgy going on with juices everywhere. It had no business being made for a comic. (laughs) Come on, guys. I know Image is like, well, we're independent and we get to do whatever the hell we want. You know what? No, you don't get to do whatever the hell you want. You still have the children out there. To me, this makes me want to go out there and preach to have... You know, I'm go to my congressman. Bring back the comic codes authority. No, 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 no. Don't no, do no, it, no. Red. Let's not do that. I'm telling look, look, you. Look, I understand your point of view in terms of the kids. If that thing's not polybagged, then I think that's a problem. I think that's something that 
it's Eric Larson image. Whoever's putting it out needs to do because that's you know it's not good. They do okay. that with sex criminals, the right? Are, oh, sex criminals will be polybagged in a pink non-see-through polybag. Well, they make right. they, they learned a lesson. The very first polybag you could see through, but that's another story. Um, but this one, they put a white sheet of paper inside of a clear polybag that says retailers open at your own risk. And if mm. you try hard enough, you can see through it. Mm. Yes. I know it's what raunchy about, so and everything else. They'd have to do like a cardboard box or something. Then I don't know. They'd have something. to come up with something. But okay, but but here's this. Let's, I don't. I don't. I don't want censorship coming back. But you know, I was what? gonna say. You know what you could do is even if you didn't polybag or whatever. Whenever you get the comics, have the shop bag and board it backwards so you can't see the front of it. I don't even know what's on the back. Yeah, I'm going to get. I, I don't won't, know. I, I I don't know what's on the back, but. To me, really, it, it didn't need to be made as triple X as this is, or put it inside. Put a, a, a you know, this is immature eighteen plus. And the other thing too is, if you go on eBay to look for Savage Dragon issue number two twenty five variant, the sailors are posting the cover with this picture on it for kids to see it. That's bad, but I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I understand that. Um, it's pretty bad. I, as a kid, played like Leisure Suit Larry and all that oh, shit. Oh God, I forgot so, about I mean, that. <laughs> so I mean, so I mean, it's I know it's bad, and it's it, honestly, I'm not sure why Eric Larson did it. It'd be interesting to ask him. I don't know if he's commented on it or not, but mm-hmm. I don't know, man. No, I, I'm just I don't want the comic book. Yeah, I don't want. The don't even mention that. Bad. Keep the bad juju don't, away. Can you don't imagine the publicity we would get if we were the oh if we God. were to spear? I don't want to be that guy. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You. That's basically bankrupting like eighty percent of image. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of controversy, though, um, recently we learned that a uh, a character is going to be joining the Justice, uh, the sorry DC's Legends of Tomorrow show. Um, in the third season, um, character, I mean, that's been around for a long time. Her name's Isis. She is, um, she's an mm-hmm. Egyptian goddess, you know, she's, I think, I believe the, the wife of Black Adam for, you know, whatever, 50 years, however long it's been. Um, the problem is Mr. Mark Guggenheim decided to make her practicing a Muslim just to okay. sort of spike Trump. It's been a huge controversy, um, in the, in the, I guess pop culture worlds. Honestly, for me, it's a weird choice. You could have just left her as she was. I think adding politics to entertainment, even though politics currently are politics are kind of entertainment recently. Um, but I think he's I hanging know, out that, with Nick that, Spencer too much. Well, I was gonna. That just say, always makes me. Everyone that just always is. makes me stop reading. It makes me stop reading whatever it is. As soon as you're like taking shots at politics and you're grounding it somehow in reality. I don't want any part of it. Well, did you see what the, the cover is going to be after the Savage Dragon one, right? And speaking of politics, you, you know what? I think it's yes, 226. Yes, yes, yes. It's the, another Trump, the Trump cover. The, the Trump cover, yeah. yeah. Honestly, um, I think I, I get people hate him, but he's like the president, man. He doesn't make every single decision. He goes about them in a dumb way, but he doesn't make all the choices. No, he doesn't. Uh, he does. He's just a figurehead, a bad one, but he's a figurehead. That's it. So, I mean, they want to take their shots. I don't really care, but that just, as soon as I see that, I'm like, turn the other way and keep walking down that comic aisle. Um, I don't I don't need that in my life and when I read comic books. I want Satan and uh, Hellboy punching him in the face <laughs> or shooting him with a big gun <laughs> and then making some witty comment as he lights up his cigar. That's what I want. I don't need, uh, I don't need any of that other 
real life stuff, you know. Yeah. And you know, ISIS. I mean, the 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 issues from the seventies weren't that bad. The TV show wasn't that bad either. I just see yeah. them taking this and really screwing it up. It's just a political stance yeah. that, yeah, probably will mess things up in the show. We'll just mm-hmm. like stir some stuff up and you know not really do anything at the end of the day yeah oh well you want to piggyback off controversy and start some news i guess that's how you do it right i haven't um i haven't watched that show in a long time i did think season one was pretty good i know a lot of people hated it i'm i'm like i'm not as strict with my shows so i thought you know legends of tomorrow season one at least was pretty solid um no boost for gold i've never seen it all right, well, fair enough. I'm catching up. I'm just on season two of Daredevil this week. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's how really? it, yeah, I don't watch that much TV, but when I do, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. All right, well, one thing I do want to mention, there's going to be quite a bit of Batman stuff for me this week. It's just been a Batman kind of week. But September 23rd, I don't know if you guys knew this. I didn't even know. Is actually Batman Day 2017. What? September 23rd why, is Batman why Day. Is and, that, um, why that day, my ask? I, ha- I actually haven't looked into it. It's a good question. But um, That's the day his parents DC- got shot. DC is actually going to be releasing a bunch of like, mask- like paper masks that I don't know if you're supposed to print them or it's like they're going to be to purchase for like a quarter. But I just thought that was interesting. There's like a John Romita Jr. one, Andy Kuber, Jim Lee. Um, they're all styled in those ways, but they're all drawn by Ryan Sook. So just thought that was interesting. There's also a Harley Quinn one because apparently in the online universe, in the online world, she's been trying to steal Batman Day from him and they agreed mutually that they were going to share it. So, so, you know, speaking of this Batman Day, like moving on from DC back to Marvel real fast, I saw a uh, bleeding cool headline today and you never know if you can trust these bleeding cool things or not yeah Uh, nova is has pulled up plenty of prime examples of what the hell are they talking about um but there was a article headline today that i saw real quick before i i didn't get to even open it it was before we got on here and did our interview tonight and um it said confirmation marvel confirms that uh, Fantastic Four comics were canned because of differences with Fox. Yeah, I think Jonathan Hickman was the one who apparently like, supposedly confirmed that. Allegedly, he's the one who did. I didn't. I didn't read. I saw that article as well. The headline. I didn't read it. But I mean, I that's fine if they whether they confirm it or not. I think we all know that that's the truth. Like there's yeah, no exactly. other reason. There's literally no other reason that makes sense. Because Fantastic Four is, was their flag, Marvel's flagship, you know? Why would you not bring it back with everything else unless there was a reason? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the greatest thing recently, but, uh, you know, there's no reason to keep it away for as long as they have right now anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, um, I'm going to sort of be changing up things a little bit. So I wanted to ask you guys because I, I recently I was away last week in the States and then I came back this week and I've been playing a bunch of Xbox and um I realized, you know, we all played Marvel War of Heroes back when it was still mm-hmm. available. A game basically that ran on microtransactions, but I've noticed that those microtransactions in the past like twenty years of my life playing video games have grown into the game you're already paying like eighty bucks to own. 
um, which is crazy to me. Like these, these weird, yeah. whatever keys or whatever the hell it is you're buying chests, all this weird, bizarre mm-hmm. stuff. The swag add-ons, additions, and everything else. Oh, that's so... not, yeah, that's not even mentioning stuff like the Disney Infinity, where it's like, oh, you buy these mm-hmm. action figures, which are actually pretty cool. But um, oh, but you got to also buy the power discs for them. And if oh you didn't know, there's gosh. a power band, and then there's this, and there's that. Oh my gosh, it's just like games these days. You can spend a whole paycheck and more. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know if you guys have ever dabbled in that. I know we all did with Marvel War of Heroes. At least I know mm-hmm. myself and Michael did. I don't know about you, Alex, but once in a while, you know, I'd buy that card pack. Yeah. Yeah. Before, um, uh. before what was that game mode called? Whatever War was called. It had an official name, but before War, everyone was buying up gems and stuff. Power packs, rather. Power packs. Yeah, power packs. Yeah. But, yeah, um, power packs. Oh, my God. That was like such a great currency you could people were using that to buy things outside of the game yeah you know it was it was amazing i guess my thing is my whole thing with it is like at what point are games gonna become you know right now at least on console gaming it's not really there's still some skill involved um but i'm sort of worried that even console games that you know you're paying 80 bucks for your kid to play are going to end up being something your kid, you know, ends up having to get a part-time job and spend all their money on, on these little Well, yeah, it's already starting like that. You know, like the Lego games. You know, my kids love the Lego games. I enjoy playing the Lego games. They're fun. But now you can spend money to get DLCs for these things. And you could drop an extra, you know, 40 bucks a year on stuff on top of the price of the game. Yeah. I'm glad I don't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I'm telling you, man, you guys are convincing me slowly but steadily not to have kids. <laughs> but um, do you guys play the it's, Telltale it's games? It's worth it. It's worth it. Do you guys play the I Telltale have, games? No? I've played the uh, Walking Dead one. Okay. Okay, I have not played any of them, but I have read so many reviews oh, on so Telltale games now. They're yeah, so um, good, man. The, the one that I was most curious about, just because, you know, a lot of people talk about the Walking Dead ones. A lot of people talk about the Batman ones and everything. Yep. But they came out with the Guardians of the Galaxy one not too long ago. And I never really heard a whole lot of feedback from anyone yeah, on that I, one. I haven't played it because I don't think the whole season is over. And I just can't imagine playing those games without, like, the entire season all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I'm really excited about is they announced season two of The Wolf Among Us, which was so good. If you ever yeah. want to try a Telltale game, play that one. Yeah, it's really a must. good. The uh, the Batman one's pretty good. It's also got an episode, a season two coming out. Um, it was all right. Just know that they're not following the comics. They're loosely taking most of the elements from the comics, but the story's completely different. Um, there's stuff that may turn people off. I was a bit like taken aback by it, but I mean, it was still a pretty solid story and a fun game. But the yeah, Telltale they, one that I want to dive into is Back to the Future. I have yet to get that. Oh one. yeah, yeah. I haven't checked that one out either. There's like a Game of Thrones one too. I'm sure there are people. Oh who really? Like that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know there was a Game of Thrones one. You know, that's yeah. something that I've never got into, and Game I've never Thrones. watched any Game of Thrones, man. Yeah, I, I watched I, the first episode. That was it. I, I tried. Really? I watched. Man, I watched two seasons of it, and I just couldn't. I could not get into it. It was so slow and just weird man like it's it's such a hard show to watch in places too because some I, I do a lot of watching whenever i fly 
but like you can't watch that when you've got a stranger sitting beside you and the scene <laughs> the scene is a guy banging a chick while he's having a conversation with someone else like you just can't watch that when you're in a public place and um, it's like uh god what was that uh, mafia tv show uh sopranos, sopranos. yeah it did the same stuff in sopranos that one wasn't as bad come on yeah i mean granted you you didn't get to the conversations while having sex read those are like a few uh-huh. a few issues deep so, in Game of Thrones. So I got to ask then, is you said that it's just long and everything. Um, is there like, are you into like that kind of like medieval Middle Earth dragons and magic kind of stuff anyway? Is that like any of y'all's bag? Yeah, I dig it. I'm a, I I'm do a huge too. Lord of the Rings hobbit, like J.R.R. Yeah. Tolkien fan. Um, mm-hmm. I've read quite a bit of like, novels for fantasy not just you know yeah comics or anything but it it just too it was too long sort of yeah and it's like you're watching a show too so reading something is you know you're a bit faster you're getting a bunch of details about the environment you're sort of carving this this you're you're painting this picture in your head which sort of makes reading the words go by faster all that stuff but just watching something and watching people have a conversation is is hard for me to do i just get really bored yeah. And the action was like, everyone's like, oh, wait till the Red Wedding. It's like in season three. I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to spend like <laughs> 15 hours of my life for some one episode that finally pays it off. I could read so many comics in that time. I could beat a video game in that time. <laughs> I was going to say. Well, speaking of video games, you know, this is way off the subject of comics and TV That's and fine, stuff. Man. But they announced the uh, release date, and it's actually, I can't remember it exactly, but it's at the end of September. Um, they announced that they uh, the release date for the SNES Mini, the Super Nintendo Mini. Oh, that's right. Now, um, I don't know. You were never into old school games or anything when you were younger. Were you read, or were you just like Atari and television kind of guy? Uh, Atari NES, Super NES. Okay, so would you consider getting this Super NES? No. Why not? I'd rather have the old school. Okay, that makes sense. I'd rather have the same thing that I had when I I was a kid. Yes, exactly. Okay, so and you wouldn't even think about, you know, maybe getting it uh, for one of your kids, putting it in their bedroom or something? No, I'll get them the original. Okay, okay. They can play and blow the discs just like I did, you know, I mean, if you're going to play, I don't know, I'm still I, I'm old school that way. I'd rather have the exact same one that I had when I was a kid. Okay. Would you get something like this, Nova? 100%, man. Um, Chrono Trigger, Castlevania, uh, Mortal Kombat, all the Mario games. Mm-hmm. I, Super SNES is like one of the greatest consoles mm-hmm. ever, man. It's so good. Um, you se- heard that. Um... Second only to like the Nintendo 64, I think. But. Yeah, I okay. I would maybe agree with that. N sixty four is like my favorite. Oh, it's it, that's like my childhood. All but whenever I whenever I want to play old games, I'm I'm th- I'm feeling retro. Sometimes you just get that urge, you know. You're like, mm-hmm. you, you've read all these comics. You've read a comic that's just sort of triggered something. Where you're like, I want to go back and play whatever it may be, whatever your that that SNES game is. Usually, especially recently with the Castlevania show, it's been Castlevania for me. But mm-hmm. um, with that, I go to Symphony. Uh, symphony of the night 
That's cool. That's See, game. I always have those random uh, nights where buddies will come over or wherever, and it feels like you're a you're a kid again in like elementary school. And uh, Reagan's just kind of in the background doing whatever, like you know, poking fun. She'll play games with us and stuff, um, which is fun. And she's pretty good at a lot of them. Um, but uh, you know, it'll be like me and my buddies will have like stack of comics we'll be talking about, and we'll have you know like. It won't be soda or Mountain Dew. It'll be like a beer just sitting there and yeah. just in front of the TV playing the Sega Genesis or yeah. something like that. And it kind of feels like you're going back to that moment when you're having sleepovers as an elementary school kid or whatever. And you're just like, oh, wait, 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 wait. You had, you had beer on your sleepovers? <laughs> no, Texas that's what I said. It, it, instead, <laughs> of, uh, instead of soda, like uh, Cokes and Mountain Dew and whatnot, we got a uh, beer because we're adults now. Yeah. No, I'll still play my video games. I got to have my bowl of cheese puffs with my orange soda. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be like, all right, guys, let's try it. We're like, you're like 21 years old. All right, let's try and beat Donkey Kong Country in one night. Never happens. Um, yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm not gonna Super get Metroid. It. It's like, oh my god, the amount of times me and my friends tried it just never happens. Now I used to do the things like uh, playing Contra. You know, there's one area where you can get to where you get your two guys facing you know opposite directions. And the keep people keep coming under. You take rubber bands and you tie rubber bands around your uh, um, NES controller. Go to bed, and in the morning oh you had like uh, you know nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine lives. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, no, this, yeah. So many games that where you can just rubber band the controller yeah. and let sit overnight, and you'll have all these That's lives. Awesome. That was yeah. something that uh, my uh, <laughs> my friends older brother did that with um final fantasy 9 because you have to hold down the x button to run instead of walk or whatever mm-hmm. so he took a piece of tape and taped down the x button so he wouldn't have to hold the he could just walk mm-hmm. and it would just run automatically yeah. but you know back then you had to do it all in one sitting unless you you're yep. you got a, a game genie <laughs> yeah no hey that's funny you brought up a game genie that's cool um <laughs> But yeah, no, no, it's very true. Or uh, you get lucky enough in uh, you're playing a game with an actual save, which was few and far between back then. Yeah, you had to, like, yeah, yeah. There was save. only about a dozen. Oh my god, we're so spoiled now with autosave. Yeah, you are. I, mean, I remember when Zelda came out. It's like, oh my god, you can, you you can save a game. You can come back yeah. to it. That's and true. It, and like, you know, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna Sorry, say, man. you know. Uh, if you think about it, like with the progression of it too, at first it was uh, you can save a small file on your actual game, and they're like, "Oh, let's uh, create a memory card so you can actually yeah. bring it from place to place or whatever." Yeah. You're like, "Cool." Now it went like backwards again, and it's like we're just gonna save it all on the console again, and then maybe give you a cool cloud thing that you can fit maybe yeah. half a game on, not even a whole game. I haven't tried it, but well, I mean. I have like the 500 gigabyte Xbox and I can just save a whole bunch yeah. of games on that. Mm. But like that reminds me, I was playing Arkham Knight earlier today. I know I'm pretty late to that to that game, but hey, I got I mad. I haven't started it yet, so oh don't feel God, bad. Oh my God, it's so good, man. It's so good. It's such a dark game. But like I'll get mad that it saved, you know, like five minutes ago. I'm like, what? I have to make these five minutes up? But there were times when I was playing PlayStation 1 games that I didn't save and I died and I basically just aside from you know i I couldn't i was one of those people who couldn't rage so hard they broke their console because if i broke it i would not have nothing to do like that's it i'm Mm -hmm. done 
So I would just oh. like, I would die. I would just sit in the corner and stare at the wall and be like, I can't believe it, man. That was like three hours. It took me three hours to get there. And I was so close to that save point, but I just couldn't make it. You know, that's, you want to um... talk about serious rage. My <laughs> uncle, my uncle, man, he had, you know, when, when he got his, uh, uh, super NES, He'd be playing a game. He would get pissed. He would take his beer bottle and smash the remote until it broke into pieces. Oh, my God. And then he'd go into a drawer where he had about 20 uh, boxes of brand-new remotes. (laughs) Like like, hardcore anger issue right there. Yes. Oh, yes. I know what happened. I know the worst one. The worst thing that would always happen. For uh, with games that you couldn't save, or if you just didn't have a memory card at the time, because there was a few times before I, when I bought a console, did not buy a memory card right away. Um, was uh, you would leave your game system on overnight at your point that you went in, and you would leave it paused. But it would always make mm-hmm. me so upset whenever you would like wake up in the morning and find that your like mom or your dad or someone came in and turned it off in the middle of the oh, night, yeah. thinking you just yeah, left it yeah. on. Oh. No, I'd take index cards. Please do not turn off. <laughs> Signed, <laughs> you know. Uh, Signed, Michael. Little yeah. Michael. Do not turn off. Dad understood it, but my mom was like, "You're wasting electricity." <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. But is there? Any, I gotta say, so the, for me, there was. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's been a while. Dark Cloud, and that was for. Uh, P- PS2? PS2 yeah, yeah PS2, PS2. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to say one. that's probably one of my top games I had played that thing to death you know hey, my... there's 99 levels to get through and man I got through them all my heart will always go out to Ratchet and Clank um, mm. those those games were like that and I think Jack and Daxter was another one back in my PS1 days I was playing like Crash Bandicoot which is why I'm kind of upset I don't have a PS4 because the reboot looks kind of fun, like the uh, remastered version. But I always like those, like uh, where you're an animal and you're just playing through this action adventure game. I always really dug those platforming. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be an animal. Basically, did you guys ever have a PS1? Do you remember Spyro the Dragon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I had Spyro is great. It. I just I just rediscovered that uh, that franchise recently. Oh really? Missed it. I missed it. Yeah. Reminds me of the innocent days of my childhood. But I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit more about comics. Um, this past week, you know, it's been a pretty pretty good week of comics. I don't know if you guys read any new ones, but um, did you guys go get a blast from the past? Or what were your uh, what were you guys reading this past week? So... Um... I've been on a old kick. Um, y'all know that I've been doing that amazing Spider-Man or whatever forever. The Ron Friends run and Tom DeFalco, which has been great. Um, I took a little break from that Spider-Man and I jumped forward about 10 years or so um, for the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man self-title run. And um, I've never read it before. I've, you know, everyone's seen those comic covers of where it's Spider-Man in the red and blue with all the web around him, the first issue. And mm-hmm. everyone knows the second issue that came out later on where it was the same position, but him in the black suit and it reintroduced him in the black suit. Um, but uh, overall, like, it's interesting because I've been showing and dropping pictures of the comic art from Todd McFarlane. 
on it. And you can kind of see, like, because this was before Spawn, and you can see so much influence, like, for Spawn from this, where he was practicing his style and trying to get down. Like, even the pictures of when you get to the Hobgoblin story or the Demon Goblin, whatever you want to call it or whatever. It's not Demogoblin, but it's close. Um, the cape and the cowl and everything looks like Spawn, you know? And then even seeing some of these other uh, people in it and just like a Ghost Rider, it reminds me of like the chains and the spikes and everything. Yeah. It's it's like you, you know where all this came from, you know? Um, but overall, the story is really good. I've actually... I've gotten through a lot of issues really fast, which you new guys know that doesn't really happen to me very often. I don't believe but, you, uh, quite frankly. But right. I've, I'm on issue like 11 or 12 now, and it's only wow. been like five days of me reading it. Proud of you, man. You know, and I know that may not sound like crazy to some of y'all because there's Tap over here who reads like 25 issues in a day or Red Skull. Uh, but for me, that's that's pretty good for like a five day period because I'm also, you know, I'm keeping up with new comics and everything else too. Regardless, I didn't have a chance to uh, buy new comics last week. But uh, yeah, this new this Todd McFarlane Spider Man Rolling is uh, it's a okay. I like it a lot. I don't know if any either one of y'all have read it before or not. Have y'all? Have not. Yes. Oh, you have read? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, did you? Uh, no, because you didn't buy comics in the '90s, did you? Oh yeah, I did most. Okay, I did, but would you believe most of my '90s comics were DC? Oh, what? Yes, yeah. That's I was on the whole uh, Death, of, uh, Death of Superman, Emerald Twilight. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, do you have a? Uh, did you like Todd McFarlane Spider-Man? Not his Amazing Spider-Man, but its actual run. Did you enjoy that series at all? Yeah, it was. It was good. Uh, it was probably the last enjoyable Spider-Man that i was i read to me after that it kind of went downhill for a while until i dropped off of it okay um i mean i mean that's cool uh did you have like a favorite moment in it or anything like uh did was the original torment thing with the lizard your fave or hobgoblin wolverine did you have anything specific in there that stood out or jumped out at you Honestly, not that I can remember because I read a lot of that stuff when it came out or a little bit after it came out, and I can't remember every little storyline and everything. So to answer your question, no, I don't remember. <laughs> what did you think about the, the art, though? Oh, that the was the thing that jumps yeah. out. And that one oh, of those, God, I think yeah. it was like issue five or four, um, every single person on the book, like the inker, the artist, uh, the writer, which was both Todd, um, and the letterer, all got like awards for like oh, God, yeah. of he the just... year and stuff. It was crazy. Oh, I know. Because you look at that, it's like, wow, this is good. You know, even today you look at it and it's like, God, yeah, this is classic. This is the way comics should have been drawn. And we went the way of... Um, uh, all this crazy digital stuff in the late nineties mm -hmm. that they were trying to do that made everything look horrific with the digital coloring and shading and whatnot. Yeah. I think that's really what killed it in the late nineties was the use of coloring on the computer because it was still like an early, I guess, idea mm -hmm. that they were doing it all by that. So yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. But anyways, what about you, uh, Red? Well, believe it or not, I have not read one issue this week on purpose. Mm. Um, I've been busy, spending more of my my free time instead of reading. I've been spending it actually doing some research for my own comic to write. So I've been 
Ooh, busy on with that yes yes so i decided to take a week off but i didn't take time off to uh purchase some stuff i, I purchased quite a bit this week so a lot of bronze age and a couple silver age Ooh, look at you mr yes. collectible over yep. here i got i, I don't know probably i mean we're really probably like 40 some issues of volume one of wonder woman about thirty some issues of uh, Conan the Barbarian, early one or issues two, and some miscellaneous Fantastic Four, and some Thor. What else was there? Tigra, and I'm missing something. Just can't think of it. But I went ahead and I actually I did decide while I was in my uh, LCS this week to add to my pool box uh, Rebirths Wonder Woman. Good for you, man. Yep, I, I've enjoyed the enjoyed the series so much that I decided to add it to my pool box. We know Nova dropped off of Rebirth. He yeah, didn't no, stay I, committed. I mean, I, I buy the hardcovers, so I support them in one one way. What can yeah. I say? Yeah. It's too expensive as a Canadian to buy single shoes, man. Too expensive. See, you need to move this way, man. And I, you know, I, and Just I have take... one or two. Just get this, make the single issues digital. I just, just get it over with. You know, I have one or two comics in the house you can read. Yeah, <laughs> too bad. That's all right. I've, uh, I've got a lot of stuff to read. Got tons of books on my backlog. So, dude, have you gotten through your uh, um, Doctor Strange yet? No, 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 no. I haven't even started it. I read, um, I read the Astounding Wolfman, which was really astounding. That yes, series is really it is. good. It takes like five or six issues to kick in, and Matt actually had a good out- outlook on it. He sort of said up until issue six, it sort of seemed like Kirkman didn't know what he wanted to do with series, and then mm-hmm. issue six, some crazy shit happened. Same thing as, in- not the same thing as Invincible, but something similar to when um, Omni-Man, you know, Mark finds mm-hmm. out he's been killing P- the the Guardians of the Globe. Something similar to that happens, and the story from there just escalates and escalates, and it's really good. Yeah, the artwork's great. Jason Howard is the uh, penciler; mm-hmm. I believe he inked it as well. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, I also read AD After Death, which was written by Scott Snyder, drawn by Jeff Lemire. It's um, it's only like three books. They call them each book is like I think forty to fifty pages long, and it's a combination of. It's a combination of sequential artwork, sequential comic storytelling, the way we're you know all used to it, and prose. The prose at first, I was like, oh my god, there's like seven pages of like pure text and these like beautiful paintings by Jeff Lemire, but like that's so much text, and I kept reading it, and it's so well written. the The story is so interesting. Basically, the rundown is they find the cure for death, and um, you know. Uh, a few thousand people live forever and you you sort of find out piece by piece how it all started um where it's all going stuff like that it's really interesting really well executed i thought it's a good idea um but you if you can't read prose for whatever reason um it might be difficult for you to get through but it was really well worth it it felt like a christopher nolan whenever you know christopher nolan has these movies that have all these twists and turns and they have this ending mm-hmm. that you sort of you think about afterward you think about the ending and you soak it all in it had that kind of ending um, really well done. I highly recommend it. Again, if you can't handle prose for whatever reason, I feel bad for you because there's a lot of good pure text stuff, um, but it'll be hard to get through. I will yeah, say, it's, it... I will say, too, the artwork by Jeff Lemire, in my opinion, is the best he's ever done. 
it's the best he's I, ever I would agree with that. I would agree with that. There is some wonderful like, stuff in there. Gorgeous color. Yeah. Whatever painting he did is just gorgeous. The coloring's amazing. Um, and yeah, it's great. He did, he, and if memory serves, it was like watercolors mixed, then he would do. It was switched yeah. up. So he would no. basically, it looks like he pencils characters and buildings and then watercolors them with it, like watercolor mm-hmm. paint. It's, it's beautiful. Um, some of the best work he's ever done. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Trying to think what else. I started reading this book called Doc Unknown, which is about mm. a dude who was trained sort of like Iron Fist by a bunch of monks. Um, and he's basically put in charge by that group of monks to fight the unknown. And you get a, a few twists and turns here and there, but it's a really fun book. There's a lot of action. He rides like a, a really cool Harley. Um, he's a really nervous guy when he gets when he takes the mask off. He's like trying to court this librarian. It's really funny. Um, it's good. I highly recommend it. It's from Dark Horse. They put out a hardcover recently that's like 25 bucks. You can get it for like 12.50 on in-stock trades. Highly recommend it. It's 400 pages. Like it, It's such a good value. Um, and yeah, I've been just trying to try random stuff. You know, I'm tired of Marvel and DC for a little bit. I just want to try random things. Mm-hmm. You know, comics. Very I, cool. I didn't realize how rich comics are, but they keep surprising me. Yep. And what's nice is when you get bored with one thing, you can move on to the next and you just keep going in a circle around stuff. Yeah. No pressure involved. I've been reading a lot of Avatar yeah. as well, really disturbing myself. Um, <laughs> was also a bit awkward on the plane. Some panels where like jaws are being dislocated and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. Avatar does not. Oh, oh, speaking of comics and stuff, I had saw an advertisement that I came across uh, a few days ago. And I, I thought of you there, uh, Alex, with uh, Creep Show. So, oh, yeah. Creep Show 2, the movie. You, you've seen that one, I'm, I'm Yes, show. I have. Did you know they never made a soundtrack for that? They never released a soundtrack for it? I didn't know that. Yes. And there's been a lot of demand for it. So, this one company, and for the life of me, I'm kicking myself, I can't remember. They have decided they've remastered the audio. And it's being released onto vinyl with like a 40-page book in the vinyl. And these vinyls, they have different editions where the uh, vinyl is different colors and stuff. That's cool. I'm telling you, these things are absolutely amazing. You're looking at them and it's just – you just can't believe it. So I started digging into the company and I've got – I wish I could remember it off the top of my head. But they do all of – these vinyls just for horror movies and things like that. And typically when they put out a vinyl for a movie, it sells out within the day. Wow. And then to buy these things, you're talking anywhere from two to a thousand dollars. Oh, wow. Yes. Jeez. They are huge. That's and, cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And they have just some great, I mean, it's like, what was it for? They said it was like for, Freddy Krueger, something like that. The Nightmare vinyl, on Elm Street. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Thank you. The vinyl was like this blood red, and you see a picture of it, and you're like, oh my god, it looks like real blood because they put the time and work and effort to make every aspect of the record and the cover and everything, you know, perfect. I um, wonder. Okay, there. Is, I've seen one in the past of uh, vinyl for the soundtrack of Friday the 13th with Jason Voorhees 
And mm-hmm. um, I'm, the way you're describing these makes me think that this record was probably a part of one of those series that came out. Um, the vinyl itself, um, it was see-through, okay? Mm-hmm. But it had, like, a red liquid inside it. So if yes. you turned it upside down, it looked like the blood was, like, coming That's down. That's awesome. Thing. This is yeah, the same so company. Cool. It's the same company. Wow. Yeah. So you flip the record upside down, and it just looks like it's, like, streaking with blood dripping down That's it. That's so yes, cool. At, I was reading their art. They had a little blurb about that. They wanted to do that so badly that they actually lost money. It cost them more to make that than what it sold for, and they lost it. But they said they didn't care because pe- um, people got something that they would like. That's cool. Wow, good for them. Are you guys yes. big on vinyl at all? Or I feel like Matt, I uh, used Michael, to collect you would vinyl. be. Oh, of course I had. You know, yeah, vinyl's my childhood, so. <laughs> yeah. My dad's big into it, so we've been getting him uh, a few records here and there. There was like this awesome Beatles uh, box set with just like every vinyl for every record they put out. It's pretty cool. Uh, what is it? The black box? I think so. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it was at Costco. The... I don't. I don't know where it is right now anymore, but it was pretty cool. Is it, okay. Well, I'm telling you, if it's the one that I'm thinking of, it's a black box that has a little latch on it that you open up and has all the records inside. That thing was a numbered collector's edition, and oh, the thing no, is no, goes. No. Go, is it in the thousands to get oh wow that's crazy no 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 definitely not that but it was just a random box set mm-hmm. it's kind of cool one of my friends that's is cool. really into it i don't know it's a cool thing that's coming back it's a cycle of yeah. of trends it is in fact i have been searching lately for a nice old uh victoria to put in the house so i can oh, fancy yeah yep my wife and i've been wanting one for years fancy Very fancy cool. you so i could put on tales of the crypt there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, I watched I watched an episode of that. Anyway, um, that was fun. What did you think? <laughs> I like how that way changed. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was just like the the weirdest thing I've watched, but honestly, far more enjoyable than any modern show I tried watching. I tried to watch. Look, I mean, I watched Winona Earp. I know Matt's been recommending it uh, left, right, and center. I watched like two episodes. It was good. I was getting more and more annoyed as I watched it. So sorry, everyone, but. Um, Tales from the Crypt was awesome. I started rewatching uh, Twilight Zone as well because it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's been good. It was a good week. Check check out the TV show Creep Show. I'll add it to my list. Creep show? You mean the movie Creep Show? The TV show. They didn't have a didn't TV they, show. Didn't they have a? TV? Maybe I'm thinking of a different show. Then there was another show. Was it Tales from the Crypt? But it was similar to it. They had Tales from show. the Dark Side. Um... I guess Outer Limits is kind of like that. No, not it wasn't that. It's not as old as Outer Limits. Uh, uh, I don't know. They, in the eighties had a lot of weird um, yeah. horror stuff. In late eighties, especially, they had a uh, Friday, uh, not Friday, a Nightmare on Elm Street TV show, yeah. which was weird. I remember watching episode reruns of that on the Chiller Channel, and uh, they, they had all kinds of weird stuff like that. But. Uh, you need to watch more Tales from the Crypt. I am stuff. going to. It's on my list, man. I don't think I'll be sticking with Winona Earp. I'm just going to watch Tales from the Crypt because it's so good. There you go. It's so yeah, different. No. It's so different. Oh, yeah. Like, completely unique show. Yeah. It's great. And they're going to do this new uh, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong one. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. We'll see. But all right. I think we need to uh, call a certain gentleman right now. Um, he's been waiting for us and we've been 
impolitely late. Oh, no, yeah. I'm kidding. We, we're, all, we're always on schedule, guys. We don't mess around here. But um, on to the interview. Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to another interview portion of Four Guys in a Comic. Today, we have the man behind Project Shadow Breed by Dim Throat Comics, Mr. Justin Bartz. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. How are you? Oh, doing well. Can't wait to talk about some comics, especially yours. Yes, sir. Exciting. That's what I'm here for. Sweet. Awesome. I think you guys read it all? Read it all. Yeah, I read. I've gotten through the first issue, but I'm saying this because I got a late start on it. Um, I really enjoyed the first issue, and I am probably gonna finish reading it like right after this podcast. Um, I was way, way surprised because you know we get a lot of different stuff from different people, and sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's bad. But this, this was really good, and it was really well put together. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, we uh, we find that that's the hardest thing is. Uh, getting people to take a chance on a, you know, a new indie title. And that's been the response is that eh, everyone's like, Oh, I don't know if I want to read it. And then once they do read it, you know, issue one, it's pretty much hooked to everyone so far who's had it in their hands. True story. Well, you got me hooked. Well, for people who haven't read this, um, those that are listening, uh, why don't you give us a quick summary on what project shadow breeds about? Okay. Uh, project shadow breed. It's, like a 90s style comic set in modern day Seattle. Uh, we have our main character, Merrick. He is a hybrid werewolf soldier from a secret program called Project Shadow Breed. And um, he's found himself in Seattle with a handler named Leroy, kind of like his whistler to blade. And they're stumbling across uh, some weapon smuggling and the Seattle being ran by an evil warlord named uh, Mr. Andrews. And they're going to start unraveling this big mystery of Syntech, you know, this evil corporation who actually was behind the Shadowbreed project. So they're going to find out what's going on with Mr. Andrews and his involvement with weapon smuggling. And they're going to find out more about Merrick's past because you find out uh, in further along in the issues about an accident and him and his regeneration abilities and the cost and the effects of all of that. Very cool. So when you came up with this story, um, what kind of inspired you to uh, write this? Uh, well, one of the things is when me and my brothers were kids, we used to run around the woods, and I was a werewolf guy who could control his abilities. And uh, that's kind of where this all stems from. And then uh, we fast forward to about a couple years ago, my friend Josh and I, the other creator, uh, we were bouncing ideas off each other back and forth of, you know, this little character that I had, you know, created when I was a kid playing. And it slowly started developing into, you know, Merrick and Leroy. And then we started building pretty much an entire universe. And next thing you know, we had 60-some-odd characters created, ideas for different titles and different characters and their involvement. And then I started writing script after script, throwing them away, keeping little ideas that we thought of that we liked from this script or that script. And then eventually it's turned into where we are today. Very cool. So uh, are you guys at, based out of Seattle, I have to ask? 
No, we are not. And I have never even visited there. No. It's just I was sick of seeing I was sick of seeing New York and LA and all the, you know, the normal cities always mm. being portrayed in the comics and so I wanted to find a place where I could have like a darker setting, darker tones. Um mm-hmm. and you know, Seattle just fit. Yeah, it does. Okay, I was curious about that. I had to ask. So why don't no, you tell I've, us a little none of us are from there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. It's all good. It's all good. So uh, you said you co-created this with someone. Who, what was the name of the co-creator with you? Uh, Josh Schneider. Um, he's uh, one of my good friends from when I worked at OMT. And uh, him and I would just bounce ideas back and forth because I fell out of comics uh, when I got into high school with football and bands and girls and all that hoopla. I didn't stay up with the comics. And uh, when I started bouncing this idea off, Josh had stayed through and on the comic scene. So he was like, no, that's you know, you got a unique idea and you made sure that we weren't, you know, too much of this or too much of that. He made sure we stayed in our own unique path and, uh, you know, helped me just create this whole universe we got going. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. And there's, there's four issues out so far. Um, what's the plan with, with upcoming issues for the story? Um, well, right now we have, um, I have it mapped out through 18 issues. Um, I'm working on the final touches on issue 11, and uh, if everyone, you know, if it takes off and everyone's enjoying it, we want to just keep on making it. So the goal is just to get it into as many people's hands and, you know, see if they get hooked like you fine gentlemen did and, you know, want to just keep going. We want to expand our universe and show you guys everything that we have, you know, stashed away in our minds and on our laptops. (laughs) Cool. So um, this is published through uh, Dim Throat Comic uh, or Comics. Yeah, how'd y'all get hooked yeah. up with these guys? I, I found them on Twitter uh, years ago when I did this project. Um, we had a different artist, and we did a six-page like teaser issue zero, and they get you know we sent it to them, and they were the first ones who actually you know they really liked it, and. Uh, but they couldn't financially do anything with it. And when we submitted it to other publishers, you know, they didn't really care for some of the art. And they said some other things with the story needed some work. And so uh, we cut ties with that old artist. And, you know, I stepped away and started focusing on my writing and everything. And that's how I found Stephanie, uh, Magician's House there, who does the art now. And we kind of just started all over, hit a reset. And when we got, me and her, we did six issues um fully drawn colored we found a letter and then we started shopping it around and dim throw now you know they had the financial stability to pick up a new title and you know they wanted to jump on the chance to pick us back up because they loved what they read out of the first ones and so yeah they uh they picked us up and signed us for five issues to get that going and uh yeah here we are now awesome now um you know, a lot of the times we, we have fans that are trying to, you know, write or create their own comic books. Um, what was the process like for you having to do things, I guess, super independently? And I mean, what was, you know, what was sort of, uh, you may not want to give this away, but you're, I don't know if you had a step-by-step process. Was there some luck involved or, you know, what did you just know the right people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was luck finding people. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot the first time, the first go around, um, the other artists he had uh, had other um projects published mm-hmm. that was so he kind of taught me what he knew mm-hmm. yep yeah 
and uh, we uh, worked with him, and he he taught me this and that of some stuff. And then when I started learning um, from other people and talking to them, uh, we started getting. Uh, I just started, you know, just gathering bits and pieces of tribal knowledge from these people, and start did a lot of studying. And you know, I got lucky finding Stephanie, and I got lucky finding Justin, our letter, and you know, I got lucky finding Dimther who wanted to take a chance with us. And how did you come across Stephanie again? Uh, I found her on Twitter. Oh, really? <laughs> um, I was just doing a, I, I was just doing, I literally just did a hashtag, like, comic artist or something like that, and just started, like, looking through people's submitted stuff on that hashtag, and then I saw a couple things that she had posted, and so, you know, I went to her profile and looked at other stuff and sent her a DM, and then we got to talking and sent her some scripts, and she liked what she read, and I loved what I saw of her work, and started working together and we knocked out six issues so far now she also uh doing your covers yes yes she does okay yeah some of those covers are pretty tight looking really good there i do they're awesome she she does some sweet stuff with them the one for issue five i think is going to be my favorite oh yeah i haven't seen that one yet but that one that one's that one's my favorite one yeah i know i I do like the one three that that one on three is pretty good Oh, yeah, in front of the fence. Yeah, that is yeah. a nice one. That's a good one as well. Yep. Uh, Jeremy, our uh, graphics designer, he does all the lettering for the covers and did that little line border and everything. Yeah, he does an awesome job with that as well. Okay. All right. So now, I noticed... That... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can take it. I was just going to say, so I noticed, um, you know, you guys have... You can buy it on, uh, what is it, Comics. Comic and I just had it. Didn't throw comics com. You can pick up physical issues. Um, but I haven't, you know, maybe I haven't looked hard enough. But in terms of finding it digitally, um, are you guys planning on going to Comixology at some point? Um, we're on Comic Central right now um, for okay. digital comics. Um, it's comics with an X, central.com. And uh, you can actually get all four issues right now. They're on sale up there for uh, $2. Oh, cool. So basically half off. <laughs> yep. So yeah, we have, yep, we got the digitals up on um, on Comic Central. Then yeah, the prints are just through Dim Throat right now. That's storeenvy.com. Awesome. And um, I was just curious. I we usually talk to whenever we talk to people. I always wonder like when they're starting off a project. Do you all of a sudden have all these other ideas you want to dive into, or are you are you just every time you have an idea, it's for Project Shadow Breed? No, um, I actually have a couple other ideas, um, and I'm talking with another artist uh, about a different project, completely separate and not part of the universe whatsoever with Project Shadow Breed. Hmm. Um, but majority of the stuff is it stays within the realm of the universe that uh, Josh and I had created uh, for Project Shadow Breed. So, I mean, there's a lot of times where I'll just write down, like, I'll have an idea for make maybe a little storyline, and I'll just quick jot down notes on the nearest piece of paper and, you know, just add it to my collection and, you know, come back to it whenever I get stuck and you go through my notes and want to see, like, hey, if any of these ideas can spark something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, anything and everything I try to just keep within the universe. But I have a couple of projects that I'm just like, no, this this needs to be separate and mm-hmm. right. stay away because it's, yeah, it's completely different and I can't figure out a way to make that work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So now you mentioned before you had 18 issues already planned out. Now is this um, for you a uh, ongoing, or do you have an actual end in sight for this? 
Oh, I have an ending point, um, but I hope I don't have to get there for a long time. <laughs> gotcha. I, I hope I can. I hope I can continue doing the doing Project Shadowbreed and taking it where I want to and going through all of the stuff because I have ideas for so many different story arcs that we could have this going for a long while if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Or if so, needed to. Hopefully it's a need to instead of a want. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you said earlier that you came up with this, you know, as a kid, you were like the werewolf in the woods kind of thing. But in, with comics in general... Um, have you always been a comic fan or is this something you got into later on in life? And, uh, if like, so what kind of comics are you into? Oh, no, I was always into comics. Well, I've always been into comics, but, uh, like when I got into high school, I was, I was so focused. I wanted to play college football so bad. And I mean, I focused on that a lot. And then, uh, the other thing, if I wasn't doing football, I was playing my guitar because I wanted to be like Green Day, just wanted to jam. So, I mean, those are the only two things I did. And then uh, once my my kids started getting a little older and, you know, all the Marvel movies and DC movies were coming out, I started getting back into it slowly and I started grabbing, you know, my old my old go-tos, Wolverine, The Punisher, um, Spawn. And I started going back to all those guys and getting back into them. And next thing I know, I had, you know, all my ideas coming from all the stuff I would daydream about as a kid and everything coming up. And I'm like, wow, I could make this work and what if I did this and then Josh really helped with the ideas and then uh, my wife I would bounce ideas off her and she's not into comics whatsoever and if I can get her to say it was a good idea I assumed it was because I got her interested in it so I would be like alright I think I'm onto something there <laughs> so that's kind of how we got into going into that <laughs> that's cool now I noticed in um, in issue 4 there's there's a a Dr. Monroe who looks pretty much like Rick Sanchez um, from working Morty. I don't know, was this, was this something you suggested or uh, was it something, you know, how did that come about? And, um, I mean, like, clearly you love the show. Are there any other pop culture references I might have missed in the, uh, in the first four issues? Um, yeah, that's all Stephanie. Um, I okay. give her free control <laughs> on the art. Um, I'm colorblind and I can't draw to save my life, so... <laughs> I didn't want to give her any restrictions, and I let her just go, you know, go ham on whatever she wants. And yeah, uh, in issue four, that is a, a reference to Rick and Morty. Um, there's a couple other, uh, there's pop culture references through in there. There's um, my band that I was in, Ghoul to a Goblin. If you look through, you can see like G2AG on posters, or in issue four, I believe, or issue three, I think someone's wearing a t shirt of uh, a Ghoul to a Goblin t shirt. <laughs> um, there's, I know she wants to work in somehow a Teen Wolf reference okay. and, uh, and yeah, she had, I mean, she, I mean, there's stuff I'm probably missing, right? I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I know she hides stuff in there of her favorite things. And, uh, she gets, uh, um, a lot of her references, you know, from the things that she, you know, is into at the time or in the moment of her favorite movies and stuff that's inspired her. So yeah, there's lots of stuff if you can get into get into it deeply you could probably find more than i even know about so yeah she hides some stuff in there that's cool you know you feel free to hide the four guys in a comic shirt in there <laughs> but okay uh, yeah we'll see yeah. what we can work in yeah cool but you know i was like, one like of the on, thing... i'm sorry go ahead 
I was going to say on issue one, um, one of my, my nickname is Lunchbox. A lot of my friends call me that. Uh-huh. And on the payphone at the end, you can see it says uh, Lunchbox etched in there and oh, cool. in pencil on the payphone. So, yeah, and then in issue five, she actually drew one of the people, I'm uh, one of the villains in there who gets offed by Merrick. <laughs> so I get to die in one of my comics. That'll be pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I know when I was first reading, I saw Syntec. The first thing that popped, the very first thing that popped in my head was Skynet. I'm thinking Terminator science. <laughs> just I don't know why. Just but yeah, little references and hidden things right here. That was just one. I didn't know if Skynet was something that uh, you thought of when you came up with Syntec. I uh, know Skynet is though one of my biggest fears, but no, that's not a reference <laughs> to that. <laughs> um, it's actually our friend Jordan. It's um, his always. It's his online handle. It's something that he created, and I asked if we could use it because I needed a name for the evil corporation, and I asked if we could use Syntec, and he gave us permission. So i got to thank my friend Jordan for that one. All right. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jordan. <laughs> now, um, how often do you visit cons, and, I mean, what what cons can people find you in in the near future? Um, this year we're going to be, um, trying to hit as many as we can. We didn't do any of the last, um, two years cause we've just been focusing on making sure everything was set right with the comics. Um, and I mean, cause we're all amateurs at this. So, I mean, I've been learning as I go, we've all been, you know, learning as we go. And so we didn't have, I mean, I still have my full-time jobs and my family and everything. So we haven't been able to line up cons as much as we wanted, but this upcoming year we're going to be tackling as many as we can i'm hoping to do because we're in michigan well i'm in michigan so i'm hoping to do grand rapids detroit it'd be a dream to do um c2e2 that would be awesome and then we just want to try to find as many of the little like smaller town ones like in between the big ones of grand rapids and detroit try to hit those as much as possible here in the midwest and then i know the guys um in dim throat they're out in california they've been hitting as many as they can as well out that way so um I wish I knew what ones yeah. in California so I could tell the people, but mm-hmm. I don't. No, I mean, I, if I can make a suggestion, you need to set something up in Seattle. Get uh, the local people out there to pick up a book in their hometown. No, I've been trying. We're uh, There's this indie... Um, oh, my God, I can't think of the word now. They're trying to go against Diamond Distributor. There's this indie distributor out in Seattle, and I've been emailing them, trying to see if uh, we can get connected with them and try to get some books actually into Seattle for... You know, people around there. Sweet. I find that, you know, like, I have a local writer out here, and everything in his books has local restaurants and local buildings, and people out here pick up that book like crazy just so they can see their favorite attractions and favorite places they like to go to in their comic. So. Yeah, see, and I know Stephanie looks at a lot of the, like, uh, the buildings and the skylines and stuff when she's doing scenes and everything. So I know she tries to make it look as much as she can, which I find that kind of cool for people. If they actually are out and see, I don't actually start reading, can actually maybe start seeing some of the stuff. That's fairly. So going back to that, um, I guess distributor that's trying to fight diamonds monopoly. I didn't know about Good, that. Yeah. I've heard about that briefly. Like go, that's, that's go quite an undertaking. It. It yeah. Is. But definitely, definitely should be something people, someone tries because diamond needs some competition badly. Let's say yeah. Yes, they do. And so, so yeah, we, I saw them uh, that they, un, I think they unveiled themselves at San Diego con like last yep. year. 
And so, yeah, I, you know, I emailed them a couple times and, you know, we haven't heard much back from them yet. So I'm hoping we can help you guys and some other podcasts start knocking on their door and actually make them start uh, answering some emails from us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's from what we've talked to indie creators, it seems very difficult to get something that's not Marvel image, you know, Dark Horse or DC. I've done a couple, uh, I've done like signings at local shops around here and, you know, people will be looking at me and they'll see all the books and they still won't, you know, they'll just look at it and they want to just venture right to the big two. Mm. So I had to do a lot of conning and, uh, persuading and getting people to talk but once you know i got the books in their hands and they looked through a couple pages especially page eight on issue one the acid trip scene yeah that yeah, one that's, that's the one that always gets that's <laughs> the one that got everyone's attention i'm like yeah i'm like i'm telling you i'll give you your four dollars back if you don't like it you go home and read it you come find me and i'll pay you back and they come back and they actually buy two and three from me because you know they're they're hooked on it so I mean, once we've gotten in people's hands, we've gotten, you know, great responses. Just the problem getting people to actually put it in their hands and view it. Exactly. Yeah, but at least these days, more people are at least open to looking at uh, indie stuff now than they were years ago. I mean, indie's really taken That's off. very true. So, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm looking well, I think right when now. When they're at... starting to. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm I was looking say at. Uh, if... <laughs> you know what? You got the floor, man. You got the floor. Well, I was gonna say, I, you see it with, like, the big two, you know, rehashing storylines of their second Civil War and changing genders of all the characters. And, all I mean, stuff is just relapsing. And I don't even know who Wolverine is anymore. Is it the old man Logan? Is it X-23? Is Wolverine still dead? I'm confused as all hell what's going on in the X-Men world. Um, you say big two, but it's mostly it, it, Marvel. That's doing this weird yeah. shit that's turning people off. Man, it's it's ridiculous. And then you got, you know, all these indie people were coming up with original storylines and original universes and characters, but everyone still wants to gravitate to your favorites. I mean, I know I'm that way. I am, I'm guilty of what I'm bitching about right now. I always find my way back to a Punisher or the Predator, you know, something like that, and I don't, you know, give my other indie people as much much love as I should. So, but, I mean, I need to stop preaching. But what happens when you pick up that I'm, Punisher issue? You read it, and you're lost. And you never go back to a comic shop again. At least a new person yep. trying to get into yeah. it. Because, yeah. you know... Yep. And so that's... Yeah. It's it's hard. It's You know, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just got to keep pushing and plugging away. Because, you know, Marvel, I'm telling you, they're on the downhill right now. I, I think it's the worst they've ever been in their history when it comes to books. But they'll still put out as 100-plus titles to fill up uh, shelf space. Yep. It's... it's uh frustrating and there i don't find them that many are the good titles sorry mm-hmm. i think gambit needs to come back that's just me though <laughs> i think that we need to have another fantastic four series bring back the fan the ff and put the right team on it they could have a hit but keep it going let yeah, us yeah but then but then fox gets the movie rights to it and then it's they're gonna be feeding them and they won't do it yeah but you just they got to change some stuff up, you know, reboot number, what, four? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, we just ranted on that one, didn't we? Yeah, That's yeah. That's all right, man. We I do can rant. rant. <laughs> I can go on about I know that Alex is our big Marvel fan, and he's always yeah. trying to convince us to read books, and mm-hmm. we always end up just ignoring them by the end. Yeah, of there, the there's only a handful. <laughs> a lot of it is garbage. 
there's a handful out there. You know, you get your good uh, your good series every so often. Now, whether it makes sense on who they're fighting or whatnot, like our Hyperion story where he's fighting uh, Carnies, made no sense. But the, it, yeah. the, overall, the writing was good and everything, and I enjoyed it. But I mean, it's you get random little things from Marvel like that, but it's just not consistent. It's not consistent anymore. No. I agree with you though. We should bring back some Gambit. I love the X Men. So, yeah, see, Gambit was the man. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> the I think the biggest thing that's made people love indie comics in general, and um, you know, bring it back to Project Shadow Breed, is actual consequences. You know, you actually there's always that risk and danger involved. Um, whenever there's you know the heroes getting beat up, whenever there's any sort of issue, there's sort of a dilemma with with Marvel and DC. For the most part, you're just sort of like they'll come back or it'll magic or this or that. Um, but you don't really get that with, with indie books and the payoff is just so much better. You just get a, a richer story. Yeah. We, uh, that's one of the things Josh and I talked about is we wanted to, I mean, if you die in our universe, that's it. So long. Bye bye. Like you're not going to have a reboot of characters. We're not going to have, you know, comebacks and relaunch. Nope. Where we, we wanted, we planned this out, um, you know, for two or three years of the storyline and how everything was going to be because we didn't want to have holes in our story. We didn't want to have gaps in between stuff. So, I mean, we would talk about the same subject 17 or 18 times until we both agreed that it was perfect mm-hmm. and that all, every hole was plugged, everything made sense and lined up according to what we had already set and established as set, set in stone with Project Shadowbreed. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, definitely keep that keep that going because you know what, people like us, we appreciate things like that. When you've taken the time, you got the holes filled. People die and they don't come back because you know what, it is just frustrating when you read an issue you're like, oh, good, that person's gone. What? Next issue, they're back. What? What happened? Well, it's that whole indie revolution thing that's going on right now because um, I forgot who we were talking. I think it might have been Tyrone last week yeah. where um, the guy we were interviewing was bringing up it's like you know how image is technically part of a big three scenario now and even though it's still independent comics it's not really like it doesn't feel super independent anymore and now the real people out there are people like you who are going out on their own you know and doing all the footwork and everything and they're not relying on some giant uh publisher like that it's like all in one you take care of it one man or three man show yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much exactly how we got it started. Was a tripod. Uh, Stephanie and Justin believed in uh, the scripts enough to you know take a chance on a passion project with me, and you know we didn't do a Kickstarter or anything to pay anyone. The three of us went in as a team. You know, if it made money, we're making money. If it flops, let's try something different. And you know, so far people are liking us enough to where we're still kicking out issues. For sure. That's great. It's good to see a lot of indie books get, you know, physical comics printed, stuff like that. So, um, Josh, is he working on anything else as well right now? Yep, he is actually working on a second title that we want to launch through Dimthrow um, called Heatstroke. And that hero is dealing in Detroit and is the exact consequences between what's happening in Project Shadowbury and how it's affecting um, the pipeline that you'll be reading about in the issues in Detroit. Mm, cool. So it's so, yep, within the same universe and tying together. Nice. Yep. 
Yeah, we're. Uh, I mean, we we developed, like I said earlier, like sixty characters, and uh, mm-hmm. we have ideas on top of ideas on top of ideas for stuff. And uh, yeah, him and Blake, um, one of our story editors, who helps you know read through all the scripts and make sure everything lines up sequentially and that it makes sense and references the correct things from previous issues. They got a a pretty good story going on with um, Heatstroke. I think they're working on the third script right now. Cool. And we're in the process of trying to find an artist for them and then getting that one going. Oh, okay. That was my next question. I was wondering if Stephanie will be involved with that or not. Nope. She is, uh, she's just working on Project Shadow Breed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do a different artist because it's going to have a different tone, different feel. We want to make sure that people know it's in the same universe, but that it's a completely different story, a completely different character's uh, life and everything like that. Very cool. So I want to ask you uh, personally, like uh, from, you know, a creator standpoint or whatever, um, who are some writers or artists that inspire you? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I've been reading a lot for writers, I guess. I like, like, it's weird because I don't, when I'm reading comics, I really don't pay attention to who is writing them and who is drawing them i more so just jump into characters and see if i like the story by the end that end of the time i get there the most of the stuff i read though is completely non-comic related it's like max bemis even though i do read some of his comics he's been coming out with um i've been reading a lot of stuff that uh tim armstrong has been writing time bomb tim from branted um i read a lot of his like poetry and stuff and i don't do a lot of just like enjoyment reading. I spend most of my time just writing and knocking stuff out and working and being a husband and a dad. I don't really spend too much free time reading that much. You know, we hear that way, way, way often from anyone like Jim Starlin, Chris Claremont, even the smallest guys. It's just like we're working on stuff. We don't have time to sit there and read anymore or whatever. You hear that constantly. Every time. Yeah. Yeah, like so, when I do get to read it, I don't look to see who wrote it. I just want to space out, enjoy a story, and then, you know, get back to what I had to do. Whew. All right. Well, it looks like we are just about out of time, unless anybody else has any other questions. We went through everything really fast. Yeah, we did. We it was a really, really smooth podcast today. Yeah, yeah that time flew. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Huh. A half an hour like that. Yeah. Uh, but, no, um... I guess not. So, uh, once again, why don't you tell us where uh, we can find the comics? Uh, what, what's your website again? Go ahead and throw yourself out there. Sa- shameless self-promotion right now. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, you guys can find us on Facebook if I, at Project Shadow Breed. Um, you can also get copies of the print at dimthroat.storeenvy.com. And right now you can do a bundle sale where you can actually get the first three issues for $10 before issue four comes out. And for digital copies, if you go to comicscentral.com, that's comics with an X, central.com, and look up Project Shadow Breed, we have all four issues digitally right now on sale for $2. And then you can find us on Instagram at Project Shadow Breed and on Twitter at Project Shadow BR because it wouldn't let me fit the EED on there. So on Twitter, it's just Project Shadow Breed BR. And yeah, I think that's it. All right. Awesome. Cool. Well, Justin, well, go ahead, Red. No, I just ain't cool. I like it. Got everything in ah, there. Cool. 
Yeah, definitely. So, Justin, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes out of this. And um, whenever you get the other projects like going jumped off the ground, don't be afraid to send us anything or tell us where to get it so we can uh, maybe bring you back on to talk about your other projects, too. Oh, definitely. Hey, and if you guys um, got any like pages or ad space, feel free to send it up and we'll throw it in one of our books for helping us out. Okay, yeah, I actually I have one ready to go that I use for uh, a, a publisher, and I can send that out to you. Yeah, send that out. We can put in issue five because that hasn't gone past the letter yet, so I can fit that in. Okay, cool. Very cool. We appreciate that, yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys helping me out, <laughs> and you guys like the book, so that's yeah. awesome. So just tell people about it, and that'll help me out. And then, yeah, we'll put an ad in issue five for you guys. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. That sounds great. All right. Well, awesome. Yeah, I guess... just send it to... Uh, I'll I'll um, DM you guys my email. You can send it there. I already got your email cool. from when you sent us the uh, copies. Oh yeah, actually yeah. Then just send it right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're covered. Cool. All awesome. right. Excellent, guys. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Justin, thank you, man. Thank we you. appreciate it. All right, you guys take care. You All right, too. take it easy, brother. Bye. Bye.